We are the Brink of Impact, created by Chelsea Loeb, Maggie Stoller, and Rachel Whaley, to energize young people to build careers in social impact. Every episode, we chat with someone starting their career in the social sector and share resources to help you boost your career. Tell us what you think of this episode on Twitter at Brink of Impact and join our email list to get links to all the resources we share. This week on episode six of the podcast, the first podcast episode in the new year, we sit down with Mary-Kate Clay and Cole and Madeline Walker of AVI, which is an online women's site. We talk about jobs and how we look for travel opportunities when we're job searching. And as always, we bring you the best resources. So now that it's 2017 at the Brink of Impact, we are thinking about travel. Um, a recent survey showed that most millennials identify travel as one of their primary reasons for working, second only to paying for basic necessities. Um, so definitely something that's really important to young professionals, including us in the social impact sector. So Maggie and Chelsea wanted to ask you guys, how do you think about travel and work? Yeah, I do think about travel and work often. Um, so back when I was job searching, uh, I did a fellowship immediately after graduating from college, but then the year after that, I was looking for new opportunities. And when I was job searching, I was not limiting myself to any geographic location, um, which is actually how I ended up in Chicago. So I was really open to different opportunities. I knew that I wanted to get out of Philadelphia, and that was a really big one of motivator for me in my job search. So I did end up in Chicago doing the fellowship where I met both of you. So it's definitely um, been a consideration for cost opportunities that I've pursued. But looking to the future, I often think that travel and living in a different place is something that I want to consider when I'm looking at grad school, which will be a step that's down the road uh, a road for me. Um, I feel like experience, experiencing different places and getting to live in different places is a really great a privilege and opportunity that comes along with a really awesome job. Um, actually, I have a friend, I have two friends this year that are um, doing a, an entire year abroad where they're working remotely for different tech companies, but they are living in a different place each month. Um, and they obviously love the combination. They're having a great time. And the I think the great part about where we're slowly gravitating towards kind of as a culture is that people don't necessarily need to be working in an office very strictly. Um, of course, this is dependent on the job, but a trend that I've seen is that um, people are more and more taking work where they can work from home or remotely, um, which is why, especially in the opportunity that my friends are pursuing, um, they're able to kind of work uh, even in Europe. So it's definitely something that I've considered in my uh, past job searches, something that I'm going to consider in the future, and definitely a trend, much like this article details, that millennials are considering in their own career searches. That sounds like a really cool setup that your friends have, Maggie. Do you know if they're doing the program remote year? Chelsea, they are doing the program remote year. I actually oh. don't know. I, I looked it up on my own because it just seems so fascinating, and I have a million questions, and I actually, both of them keep blogs when I follow them, um, but yeah, it, it is remote year. I think it's a relatively new program. I don't know if Chelsea, if you know anything else about it. 
No, I've just like followed them on Instagram. They're, I mean, it's definitely beautiful, their photos and that they're curating. So yeah, it's definitely something to check out remote year. Uh, for me, this article, looking through the different type of jobs that relate to travel, I was really draw- drawn to the event planning jobs. So a lot of my jobs in the past and a little bit of my current job um, doing event planning. So it's more so events locally, like within the city or even like more specifically within a certain sector. But um, just like growing up, I was always involved with event planning with my family. So if it was birthday parties or family reunions, vacations, I was always like the point person for planning. So that's something that I've always been interested in. And it would be really cool and more so like of a dream job for me to do event planning for weddings so, or maybe like remote weddings, um, your like destination, your Fiji, Hawaii. I think that would be really cool and exciting. So um, I definitely want to learn more about how I could maybe do event planning as a, a, a possible side hustle eventually. So Rachel, um, can you tell us more about your job? Because I know you're traveling a bunch. Yeah. So in my current role, I was not really thinking about travel when I took my current role, but it has ended up involving pretty frequent travel. I probably travel about once a month or so um, to the five cities that I work with in the Northeast. And I totally love work travel. Um, it's been really fun for me because I have friends in most of the cities that I uh, end up going to. And so it also ends up being a fun um, excuse to see friends who live far away. So um, I've greatly enjoyed it. It's also been a great chance to get to know more people um, and that uh, work at Europe with me. So that's been a really fun opportunity. And I've overall just greatly enjoyed it. So um seems like we're all pretty pretty pro travel here um pretty in line with that statistic and um hope that we have lots of fun travels ahead My resource this week is a video series from The Atlantic. It is called Women and Leadership. It's also co-sponsored and presented by Netflix. But the video series features insights from five different women in politics, media, and tech. It's a series. There's five episodes so far in the first season, and they're coming out with the second season soon. Um, they feature Samantha Tower, Senator Amy Klobuchar, and the founders of Bumble all of which are really interesting things, but the focus is women and all of the powerful and incredible work that they're doing. I encourage you to check it out. If you go to theatlantic.com slash video series, you can find Women and Leadership. Uh, check it out. So today we are sitting here with um, Madeline Mocker mm-hmm. and Mary-Kate Plegencool, who are the co-founders of Obvi. Um, both the online website and the Obvi were the ladies, um, and a million other ideas that they obviously want to kind of continue to build over the course of the next few years. But um, I'm so excited to have you both here. Um, we connected over Twitter, I think, actually, um, just recognizing other Chicago ladies putting out really interesting work into the world. So we're pumped that you're here. Welcome to the podcast. Yay, Thanks thank for you. having us. Cool. Um, so I want to start off um, just from the very beginning asking both of you where you're from, um, how where you are from has impacted you, and then kind of your journey to how you got to where you are now. Sure. Um, So this is Madeline. I don't know if that's how (laughs) this works. Um, But we were both from the northwest suburbs of Chicago, Elk Grove. Um, So I'm just from the suburbs, and so I 
my family, my mom's family is from Texas, so I feel like that's had a big impact on, like, um, a lot of when I was littler, like, yeah. we'd spend um, our summers in, like, the Rio Grande Valley. It's, like, Brownsville, super-duper south. Um, right. But that's just, like, different experience that I feel like affected a lot of the way that I thought about things. Sure. Um, but, you know, mostly just the regular story. Grew up in the suburbs. Um I did my first years in college at uh, the University of Minnesota, and then I transferred to the University of Illinois, and then I moved to Chicago. Nice. And you? Yeah, same. So from Elk Grove, um, so is my family, kind of planned to make the big city move, and I went to DePaul University and basically made my whole college plan based on thinking of the future, which is just a habit I have of a lot of things. So when I'm done with college, I don't want to live at home. So I'll go to school in the city. So I've already lived in the city and have more experience and be able to just stay there. And I'll go and I'll study marketing because I don't know what I want to do, but I know (laughs) I can apply that to a lot of stuff. So that's kind of like, I didn't actually know anything except that I didn't want to live back at home when I was done. Yeah. And, um, I love, it has nothing to do with my family. I love my family so much, but it's the town itself. Like I wanted to feel like I've moved forward and that was what, that, what represented moving forward to me was living on my own. So, so, and you both, you grew up in the suburbs, you both at school ended kind of up back in Chicago, but Mm -hmm. I guess an important part of the story is you were best friends Mm -hmm. in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So how did you guys even meet? How did you become best friends? We've actually known each other since we were, like, seven. From, like, intersecting park district activities. Yeah. (laughs) But I think think we both, we connected during our sophomore year of high school Mm -hmm. as varsity co-ed cheerleaders. Yeah. uh, State champions. Ooh. Um, And (laughs) I think, for me, it was like I had been friends. It was kind of the same. I had been friends with a lot of the same girls my whole life, and... Um, a couple of which I'm still friends with to this day, but a lot of times it was kind of like friends. I mean, the origination of a lot of those friendships was our moms being friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think Madeline's probably my first friend that I made all by myself. And then, um, (laughs) and then that kind of translates to like, at the time was my only friend who really like 100% was just like, you as you are, are super cool um, in the, in my own way, I guess, and yeah. that's kind of just been how it is now. I, like, um, say Matt's the friend who's so cool and <laughs> is also the best because when you want to listen to Mandy Moore at a cool kid party, she'll defend you and put it on. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that could be the base of any strong female Yeah. Um, okay, so you became best friends when you were little, mm-hmm. through high school, maintained the friendship, um... You go off to college at different places, mm-hmm. um, picking your own majors, trying to figure out your path, and then um, I want to hear more about how you kind of came back, you kind of both came back to live in Chicago, you're both in the city. Where did the idea come from? I want to know more about um, the formation of Avi, mm-hmm. what, what the initial idea is, how you came together, and mm-hmm. then what the first kind of stages of this even looked like. I'm sure it's totally different from what it is now. Avi started for me as kind of this ambiguous personal project of wanting to fill spare time and 
knowing like I wanted to create something that didn't exist yet. So I did. I wanted to be like writing, actively thinking. Um, I became super interested in like gender issues and um, women's equality. It was really popular with the writers I was reading online. Um, and at the same time, and I didn't want to like. I had friends who were bloggers and saw like success come from that, but it was something that just that also didn't feel natural. And I um, also became like frequently frustrated with the the lists on the internet about like everything you're supposed to do before you're 30 as a 20 year old woman. Yeah. And like sometimes reading them and feeling connected to them and sometimes reading them or being sent to them from someone and being like, yeah, okay, but I don't even want to do half that stuff. So that's really not fair. And it's not that serious of a thing, but it felt like it. Yeah. Um, especially when you're about to graduate college and go into the real world, mm -hmm. um, sure. this scary place where now the internet's telling you if you don't do this, like you're failing. Sure. Um, so Abby just kind of came out of like, I know I'm not the only person who feels this way. Mm -hmm. And that was the kind of emotion that started the whole thing. So I had ideas of stuff I wanted to talk about. Um, I met with this writer who I was talking about before, I um, so admire her. Her name's Chelsea Fagan, and she runs an amazing website now called The Financial Diet. Okay. Still such a huge role model to me. And she met me for Thai food for lunch one day, like, from a cold call email just asking for her advice, which wow. was, like, still, I'll always remember <laughs> her for that, even if she doesn't. Um, sure. And she, she said a few things to me during that when I was asking her opinion about being a woman on the internet. Mm -hmm. And... Um, what do you think of my idea? You're someone I would want to be involved, so does it sound like something you would want totally. ever to do? And she's one of the things she had said to me at that time was, like, offering $10,000 for untouched photos of Lena Dunham is not feminism. That was very topical at the sure. moment in, yeah. in 2014. <laughs> um, and that kind of founded this... That kind of founded the whole, like, foundation... Created the foundation of Avi, which is, like... We are not the same, but we are connected. So we always respect everyone's opinions. We never preach our opinion as fact, AKA tell you you need to do this before you're 30 or you're doing it wrong. Sure. And we never disparage another woman to make a point. And that was like the biggest lesson I learned from her. And that's always true. Like mm -hmm. we're not pointing fingers. We are sharing, like there's always a way to make your point without tearing another woman down. Yeah. Um, and we've learned that because even in the hardest circumstances, there is a way to do that. Yeah. Um, and it's a great, a great just kind of thing to keep in your mind all the time. And it comes off a lot better. The stories are a lot better. Stronger that way. That way. Yeah. And so, yeah. So the beginning stage was like me, um, my roommate at the time, Aaron was our one editor. Cause it was, I think I'm going to do this. And it's like, wait, I want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And I want to be a part of that. And it kind of, started and it got a little it got some legs um and around that time just around the transition it was like college graduation um Erin our editor was moving to Spain Mads was going to move into her room and had just written her first essay mm -hmm. and it was kind of like once we were under the same roof again it was like and, you know <laughs> Mads is like I have this idea or for mm -hmm. Twitter like let me do Twitter like mm -hmm. why don't we have a Tumblr and I'm like because I mean I'm doing this all by myself <laughs> um, so that's why we don't have anything right. and um kind of came in as like right hand man and then from there it's just been like no idea too big 
Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome. It's cool to see like how it was such a clear idea and how you wanted to execute it, but then it was not possible without the help of all these other people that started stepping in. Yeah. Um, which is something I want to talk about because I think something that Avi does particularly well is really bringing together women um, and sharing different voices that might not be heard. So mm-hmm. um, I would love to hear a little bit more about how you two cultivate that community online and what it looks like for you. I mean, what what does the Avi community represent and how what has gone into building that? Mm-hmm. I feel like the coolest thing about Avi is the community aspect of it because, you know, from just looking at the website, it mm-hmm. looks like, oh, here's a bunch of essays. But, like, what you don't see is the way that we talk to each other, the way that we do our editing process, like it's all very like conversation based yeah. and like we learn together and no one's like a professional anything. So yeah. all of the conversations we're having with the contributors like while we're editing and like suggesting things to add, it always comes back and forth and um, I think they really appreciate that. I think that's like a very different thing that we do yeah. um, as far as like the editing process goes. Right. Um, and we talk... I mean, to everyone, basically, on a daily basis, um, just share random things that are happening, um, you know, things that are going on in our lives or things that we see um, on the news, and I think it's a really good resource for a lot of people um, to not only be able to express themselves through, like, writing, but, like, to each other Mm -hmm. um, any day about anything you want, and we've got girls... I mean, we have one girl in Australia. Like, yeah. we're all over the place, and mm-hmm. there's just, like, this really strong connection. It's really cool. It is, and, like, I think that the biggest, the moment it hit me kind of the most was when we started doing, we started doing consciousness raisings here, which was mm-hmm. where, like, girls from, who lived in Chicago would come to our apartment, we cook dinner, and we just talk about feminism and whatever issues sometimes seemingly small, sometimes really large. And then um, I actually travel a ton for my day job and um, would start to, like, meet up. I don't... I feel like there's no way that she's the first person I met up with in person, but she might be outside of Chicago. Um, One of our writers who lives in Washington, D.C., and I had been there a few times for work this year, and, like, I was actually in D.C. over election night. Wow. And the night before... We were going to watch the election together, but the night before, she texted me and was like, hey, I don't think I can be alone tonight. Do you want to grab dinner? I'm so nervous for tomorrow. So I just, like, met her. I would have otherwise been literally ordering room service, like, oh, poor me, but actually it's lonely. And I would have just been hanging out with myself in my hotel room, like, watching E. And instead, I was having dinner with her and having a really great conversation and then was with her during you know, the more positive parts of that night, a.k.a. like before 11 p.m. Eastern time when it all (laughs) just had to shit. But um, it was like, that was like a moment that was like, holy crap. I mean, we're everywhere and you don't, and as well, the first time you meet them and you just have no, you can't Mm -hmm, stop talking to them and you're like, oh yeah, we're friends. Yeah. I think that's probably the best thing that Abdi has kind of created, Mm -hmm. that people who are on the team with you guys, who are writing, who are editing, who are doing social media stuff, like, 
you have such a strong common bond because you believe in the principles of Obvi mm-hmm. and the foundation that yeah. you are automatically friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's people probably that would um, be brought together or choose to be friends anyway in real mm-hmm. life. Right. But I think the power, what I've heard you guys talk about is that you are pulling people from all over to mm-hmm. really contribute to this process. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to think, I mentioned something that you had spoken about earlier is that before we should have explained the whole entire thing, this is a side project for you guys. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That was me. I met um, these two girls in person and was like, I'm amazed, tell me everything, uh, you know, like, go, go, go. And you were like, oh, by the way, like, we have real jobs. And this is not. <laughs> and I was like, how? Like, yeah. what? So um, we always on the podcast talk about the power of side hustles mm-hmm. and side projects. We always encourage it. I feel like... If you are, at least in my experience, if you want to impact the world in a number of different ways, you want to be having hands in different pots as often as you can. So um, that being said, since it is a side project, I'm curious about what both of your day-to-day work looks like with Avi. I mean, this is something that you are probably clocking in hours at at weird times Mm -hmm. because, you know, everybody else, including your writers and your editors, I'm sure, also have day jobs. So, yeah, what does the day-to-day look like for you both? Well, it's funny, like, um, this week I feel like Cersei is a really good example because yeah. for a long time it was like all times we are not at our jobs and not sleeping, we are working on Obvi, mm-hmm. which isn't completely wrong anymore. It's not completely untrue. However, I think now it's translated to a little bit more we're just always thinking about Obvi all the time, no matter what we're doing. Right. Also when we're sleeping and then acting on some <laughs> of those thoughts occasionally um, because we've been able... Um, I like couldn't thank them enough. Like our leadership team and contributors, like so many people, have taken up responsibilities that allow us to be more focused on bigger picture uh, things. Mm-hmm. But like for example, we're organizing this high school workshop series yeah. that we're calling Lady to Lady and launching um, second semester of this academic year, and we have been prepping so much, um, so many things for that, and. Last week was a lot of making sure we had all our decks in a row, um, going through decks we've already made, and reaching out like to people who we possibly want to be a part of the the process with us when it's like going. Yeah. And we ended up like we worked all week last week. I was in New York for work Monday and Tuesday, worked Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then um, went to our friends' fiance's concert Friday night, mm-hmm. Saturday. Uh, I hung out with my family, and then Sunday we went to my office, my day job office, at 10 a.m., and we were there until 7, mm-hmm. um, just <laughs> planning our workshop, literally, yeah. like, took our this deck that we made, and we printed it out and put it on the wall and did the mm-hmm. whole thing, and, like, wow. we don't have time during daytime for that, but there's, down. yeah, and, like, yeah. our video series we produced, um... Oh. That was a process. (laughs) That was like... Well, yeah, tell me about the video series, and I want to know more about Lady to Lady. Yeah, that was like... That was after hours, and we had done interviews for the video series that ultimately, like, our team on that had graduated college. They moved. Like, it was kind of a shelved project until we found another girl who could help. And in order to prep... And it was because we wanted to enter this contest, this short film contest. So it was like, we have a deadline. It's in 10 days. So we watched every single day after work. Our girl on the West Coast waited till she got off work, which meant it was 8 p.m. here. Wow. We got on a Google Hangout, and mm-hmm. we watched video interview footage. We had like, hours of it. Wow. 
and just watched it all and wrote down everything we liked um, that could maybe go into this video. And then we went to sleep. And then we woke up and went to work. And then we came home and got on the Google Hangout at 8 Mm p.m. and did it again. Mm -hmm. And then Friday, I don't remember the rest of the order, but that wasn't like an entire week. Then the Friday, we got home, got on the Google Hangout, and something to do with downloading from Dropbox and uploading something and something with an iMovie that we were making, because we were making, like, what we thought was a storyboard, and then we're chopping it till it got to the right length. Sure. Yeah. That we literally got on the Google Hangout at 8. I forgot I had, had a date, um, <laughs> which in retrospect was such a waste of time, but I forgot <laughs> that I had a date on oh, Saturday. Yeah. So the girls were on, we stayed on the Hangout, like, or we stayed on all night. Like, we slept on the, on and off on the couch, making sure that everything was downloading, and yeah. then continued in the morning and they continued all day until like six and I got home and they I got home from the state went to the field museum and got dinner and I got home and they were still going I don't think I've ever been that exhausted (laughs) I was like that week and a half and it was like all of our own volition like we just we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do it in like 10 days and it's gonna be (laughs) great yeah I find that like when people do have stuff they're passionate about on the side it is a hustle like you throw your time and energy into it and you know it's amazing to me that you both never seem jaded by it like you're even more motivated Mm -hmm. even just talking about it you're laughing and you're joking but you're like we still do this This yeah like a typical work yes yeah um I want to talk about uh your lady to lady program because I know Mm -hmm. that that's um something you've been working on for a while and really planning but it when you told me about it it makes a lot of sense as a pivot kind of for Avi because you're writing about women empowerment and you're really um talking about a lot of different issues Mm -hmm. from the female perspective so it makes a lot of sense to start having these conversations, especially, which I think your target is kind of middle school, high school girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about um, where you got the idea for this program and then, yeah, what it, what the core of it is and how you're going to roll it out come, uh, come the spring. The actual idea started, Mary and Kate went to go speak at our alma mater, like high school, um, last year um, for a leadership class. So there were a lot of girls in it because that's just sort of, you know, how it worked out, but... Yeah. Um, she spoke to them basically about her, like, day-to-day life, like, her goals, college, you know, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. um, and she came back, and she was just, like, so excited about it, and, like, I could tell that it was, like, lurking under the surface, like, not lurking in a bad way, but, like, every once in a while, it would come up, and then at one point, we just finally had the discussion, I think you came up to me in my room, and you were, like, what if we did this? What if we went back and what if we did, had a whole program? And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. So mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> we That's how it goes. yeah. Um, so we reached back out to the teacher that um, she had been brought it, who had brought her in mm-hmm. um, to speak to the students um, and met with him and talked about sort of what we wanted to do. Um, and he was super into it. He's like, you got this. This is going to be great. I can't Mm -hmm. wait for this. And we were like, all right, well, we'll start planning. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, basically the idea, so the name of it is ladies to ladies. So it's sort of like heart to heart or man to man, you know, sort of play on that. But it's really just about, um, getting younger girls to understand that, they can talk to each other and they can talk about anything and it's going to be good. Like, yeah. <laughs> you 
expressing yourself like to anyone um like your peers your teachers your family um it's always gonna put you in a better place you know than you were maybe like five minutes ago and like having productive conversations and you know practicing active listening and like trying to know yourself as best you can um just makes everything so much more fun I feel Mm -hmm. like and so much more comfortable and you like I feel like the confidence that has somehow magically um appeared in my brain um (laughs) over the last like year and a half is absolutely incredible like I feel like my personality has changed I feel like my attitude toward the world has changed And I want to, like, give that to to other people, especially young people, because we're too old for this to have just happened. Happened. That's what we keep saying. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I feel like it's so critical for girls to find their voice Mm -hmm. and, like, find a community that is really open and accepting to them. So this program sounds awesome. I feel like it'll really give students a platform to have those conversations when they might not otherwise have anyone to talk to about. Right. so I'm particularly excited about this. I like want to hear more yeah. um, as you guys continue to roll it out and develop it. Yeah. Um, I have a few fun questions for you both. Okay. Um, so uh, when you're as immersed in a number of different projects <laughs> as you both are, it's so important to prioritize self-care, mm-hmm. which I've read on the website is also something that you write about. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious what you both do to, um, yeah, to take care of yourselves. How do you make time for it? When are you happiest? Um, I like consider being able to have time to work on obvi basically like an act of Mm self-care when I'm really disconnected from it is when like my mood changes and I'm more stressed out at my job um my job is like demanding in the first place so Mm -hmm. I need something to put that energy in um but otherwise I I recently took up quilting that's been really nice (laughs) yeah um and that was another situation where I said Oh, my mentor um, was having a baby, and I was like, I want to make her a quilt. I'm going to do it. And I just went and bought all this stuff, and I swear it was like the most expensive quilt anyone or baby gift anyone's ever gotten by the time I had everything I needed right, to make it. But exactly. Um, yeah, and I the other same thing is like being home. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, our, Madeline and I live together, mm-hmm. and... Um, Coming from where I lived, like, I've always lived with a lot a lot of girls, not a ton, but, like, four in a, an apartment, and coming yeah. down um, to just the two of us mm-hmm. has, like, helped with my anxiety so much. Yeah. And, and when I'm traveling a lot, a lot of times, like, I will try, even though it would make sense to just go from one place to the next place, like, I still prefer to come home just for, like, a couple hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. What about you, Um, I I feel like this is going to sound, like, super cliche, but napping is really big for me. I'm, like, (laughs) but I have to be careful. I've recently, I feel like, gotten a lot better at, um, like, managing the line between self-care and, like, mildly self-destructive habits, you know? (laughs) So, like, in college, when I was in, like, a really bad place, I would just, like, sleep all the time. Right. So I don't do that anymore. Yeah. But on weekends, when I got nothing to do, 
I am cozied up in my bed and it is wonderful and I feel like it's just really refreshing um I wish I read more because I feel like that would be a thing um but you know I find excuses all the time to not do that and it's silly because I love to read Mm -hmm. um and then I think the biggest thing is I just, it's not, this is going to sound weird too because it's an extra thing that I'm going to have to be doing all the time, um, but I just started volunteering at the Field Museum as part of like the Discovery Squad, so, um, and I can only go on weekends, so almost every weekend at least for, you know, a few hours, I get to go to the Field Museum and talk about natural history stuff and I majored in anthropology in school so it's just like so nice to like get that back into my life and like talk to little kids like I never talked to little kids like I don't know every and the field museum is my favorite place in the entire world like and I've been to a few places I feel like (laughs) I love the field museum um so just getting to be there and like be totally involved in what I'm doing and talking to people and it I feel like it is very, like, almost meditative, um, clearing my brain. Yeah. I love it so much. I'm so happy I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are all really good self-care tips. Um, so maybe on the opposite side of self-care, um, we always ask, what is the last thing that you binged? So that could be anything that could be, like, a show, a book, a podcast, a food, like, a YouTube channel, anything. I mean, technically, I did, like, the full Gilmore binge with my mom the Friday after Thanksgiving. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, we won't tell you anything. (laughs) Yeah, we just watched it together. We just finished it together, too. okay. But I watched it all in a day with my mom, and we bought all the food and everything. But, like, technically, the last thing I binged would have been the pint of Ben & Jerry's half-baked Froyo ate for lunch today. (laughs) (laughs) Swear to God. That's fine. That's a good, yeah, it's a delicious binge. It's so funny. Um, well, right before I started volunteering at the Field Museum, I watched every episode of The Brain Scoop, um, which What's is Emily. The brain Scoop? Okay, so there's this girl, <laughs> and she works at the Field Museum. She used okay. to um, be, like, the curator of basically, like, a, an animal museum. Like, she did taxidermy, sort of, for, oh, wow. like, her college's natural history museum, like, a really little one. Sure. So she just, like, prepared the animals, um... So she started this show on YouTube just, like, talking about it and the different things that she'd learned because she has a different background. She has, like, an art background, I think. Um, So she was just getting into it because she liked it, not because she was, like, a scientist. Right. Um, And then I think John Green, the author person, he also does YouTube stuff. Yeah, Um, totally. But I think somehow they connected, and he started, like, funding her channel or something. And then somehow, in the mix of things... The Field Museum was like, this is a really good idea. We should get her to work for us. And then they did. So now she lives in Chicago and works at the Field Museum and does really, really wild and crazy stuff. Um, And it's just all, like, behind the scenes, like, preparing animals, like, talking to all the different scientists that work there. um, Going on expeditions, like, they went to South America. Everyone should watch it. It's really great. It's called The Brain Scoop. Emily Grassley is awesome. So the big question is, like, as a volunteer, like, are you, like, stalking her out? Like, when you volunteer and go in, are you, like, where is Emily? I have been told that, well, we went to the members Members night last year, uh, or, like, in May, and I, like, spotted her as soon as we walked in there, and I was, like, that's Emily Grassley. And then I, like, walked up to her and was literally, like, hi, I think you're cool. And then she was like, oh, thank you. And I was like, 
Okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs> and Jack. so that's the extent of that. Sure. Um, but she, I have been told she's gonna. I if she hears us, she's gonna be like, "Who is this creep?" Uh, <laughs> lunatic. Creepo. Yeah. Creepo. Um, but I've been told that she works on weekdays, and I only go on weekends because I work during the week. So, well, Emily, if you're listening to this, oh my God. you should start calling Abby. <laughs> yeah, um, I would love to interview her or like oh have her gosh. write something because she's actually become more vocal about um, women in science recently That's too, awesome. especially after the election. She's like, all right, enough is enough. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She's cool. cool. She's very cool. Yeah. Um, so when I, I also want to ask you just two more questions. Sure. Um, we always ask people what um, their dream job is, but it seems mm-hmm. like you both have found a real niche here. Yeah. yeah. Abby. So I want to ask you about what, what the future of Abby looks like and where mm-hmm. you're taking, because I know you have really big dreams and mm-hmm. big yeah. plans. So um, yeah, what's, what's kind of the ideal path for both of you? Um my non-negotiable life plan includes (laughs) um we're currently working through all the deets um regarding becoming a nonprofit officially um and when that's final we'll be able to start you know seeking and accepting donations and be able to turn this into an actual organization Mm -hmm. and um, a business and be able to like have money that we can put towards things like including Mm -hmm. our time hopefully eventually um so the goal is for me as that in my goal is like by the time I'm 30 all I'm doing for work is obby Mm -hmm. um and that Mads is there and then whoever else wants to be Mm -hmm. um from the team yeah yeah and like a really great office. Yeah. No, I think quaint, great quaint, cute office. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, I recently like lost my job and then had to find a new one. And I had gone from being an admin because I didn't know what I wanted to do to trying like digital marketing, which was fine. But like social media is not the same if you're not like tweeting okay. about things that you love, sure. like for Abby. Yeah, totally. Um. So when I had to look for another job, I recently went back to doing um, administrative work because, you know, I'm, I'm like, good at it, you know, but because that's what's going to allow me to spend all my extra time and brain power on yeah. Avi. And, like, I feel like that's a big, like, not a big commitment, but I'm, like, this is also non-negotiable. Right. So I'm just, like, I'm not going to chase some career like, I have a career. I just don't technically get paid for it yet. <laughs> sure. um, so, yeah, I'm thinking between three to five years just doing this all the time. Totally. But, like, as my job and, you know, getting to go places. Like, yeah. that's the yeah. other thing is I want to be able to, like, see all of our girls, girls and spread the message yeah. to people. And, like, like, ideally, like, we have... Between us and then between the girls that are on our direct leadership team, kind of a very clear understanding of, like, how things would go, how things would progress when there is, like, you know, who wants a job? Who's in this for a job? We want to know so we can plan on that. And, Mm -hmm. like, lady to lady, we have, we're starting in this school district next year. We'll look at CPS. Then the following year, we'll look through our network of ladies to Mm -hmm. expand through the mid. We have that all kind of 
discuss. Yeah. And it's just about getting the things connected. So it's a mix between like understanding which goals are the ones that we have to, which ones we can see clearly, which ones we need to leave kind of up in the air and then like merge it together and just like, when you talk to people and you're 24 and you're like, yeah, I'm starting this thing and it's going to be huge and everyone's going to know about it and we're going to make the world better. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, ha, 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 who do you think you are? And I'm like, I just told you I was going to do that. And like, I wasn't right. um, playing. Yeah. No, you're committed to it. And yeah. you have yeah. that vision, which I think is so, uh, so special about the two of you. Like, even when you talk about Abby and everything you want to build, you have such a clear path of what it looks like and how this will be your future mm-hmm. plan. I feel like, a lot of people right now are so, you know, especially in your 20s, are plagued with indecisiveness mm-hmm. and not sure where their careers want to go. But you've found, like, the baby that you want to, like, help raise right, and right. like an adult. So it's really cool to see. Yeah. Um, I want to, before we go, ask about any resources that you want to share. Our website is abbywearetheladies.com. Um, we can say that about seven more times. So you all... com. O-B-V-I. I'm just kidding. This has been such an awesome conversation. Yeah. I am so excited to see how Abby continues to grow. Of course, you can check them out at com. They're on Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if you do have any questions, you can feel free to reach out to them via their website. Yeah. Um, Mary Kate and Madeline, thank you for being here. This yeah, was thank such an you awesome for having us. Thanks for having us. This was super fun. This is super fun. My resource this week is the The Flight Deal. The Flight Deal is a website and daily newsletter that provides curated flight deals from cities around the U.S. that are six cents per mile or less. Their updates include both domestic and international flights. Follow them for the next deal on Twitter at The Flight Deal. You've been listening to The Brink of Impact created by Chelsea Lowe, Maggie Stoller, and Rachel Whaley. Subscribe to The Brink of Impact on iTunes or SoundCloud for new episodes every other Monday. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and sign up for our email list, which includes links to all the great resources we share. Our music is Open Road by Jason Shaw.